The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. I'm so glad you're with us this morning. My guest today is a fascinating person whose story I think is going to be inspiring and also helpful as you think about your own story and the work that you're doing in the world and the way you're approaching it. Kelly Lewis was a hardworking, high-achieving corporate executive at Capital One when she woke up one day and realized that her true mission was to teach leadership to others. Now, I've just put a big story into a nutshell, and we're going to hear more about the real story in just a minute. Um, today, through the Bounce Collective, a Richmond-based leadership development company that Kelly founded with her partners, Kelly brings some of the most innovative and experiential leadership development programs that I can imagine to corporate leaders, experiences that connect them with themselves, their local community, the joy of serving others, and young people. Bounce's model helps accomplished leaders see themselves with fresh eyes while learning to lead with authenticity, meaning, and effectiveness. Better Together is a philosophy, a model, an invitation, and a proven approach to building a team of great leaders. And in this hour, Kelly is here to, with me to talk about what she knows about leadership, vision, and making a difference while learning. Good morning, Kelly, and welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. Good morning, Kate. It's fabulous to be here. I'm glad you are. You know, Kelly, our audience is interested in hearing about the visions and lives and choices of our guests, and I'm honored to have you on the show today. I met you about four years ago, and I've watched you bring your vision to life um, in such significant ways. We're going to hear this story today, but first let's talk about how you got from corporate America to what you're doing now. I know you were working at Capital One. You were uh, lining up for the kind of achievement and career success that most people consider to be the definition of success. And then you made a big change. So go ahead and tell us that story. Yeah, so I'd actually rewind us um, about 10 years. And I think where the story began was I, for the first time, heard myself honestly um, say in response to a question that my coach asked me, which was, what values do you want to bring as you lead this new group, I heard myself honestly say, I do not know. I have no idea what my personal values uh, or my leadership values are, so it feels like a good place to start. And it was really at that moment in my life that I would say I woke up. Um, I think I had been asleep for a long, a long nap for about 20 years, and I woke up, and a path um, was really open for me. And... Along the way, a crucial stop on my path was Georgetown University that we both know well, and I learned so much about myself there. I mean, I learned within myself, from myself, about myself, and that really became my foundation of, of leadership. It became my foundation for my coaching practice. It became my foundation for life. And at that moment, I wondered why uh, I was just learning that, and... Um, because I really believe it's 
was the most valuable valuable resource that I had. So at that point at Georgetown, I really I knew I was meant to do the work. Um, I knew I had a gift. It's probably the first time in my life I recognized some of my gifts, and I knew what it took for myself that up until that point perhaps was missing. And so when I left Georgetown, I thought, well, I know what impact this has had on me. What if I went back to Capital One and started to see what impact it would have on a a group? So I spent three years really experimenting um, and worked with a leadership team, my own leadership team, and we transformed a group of 200 people that I would say at the beginning we called ourselves an organization, and by the end we called ourselves a community of citizens. Um, And those people were just, they were constantly developing as people, and innovation was happening, and results were approving, and there was self-accountability. It was incredible. Um, And at that point, I kind of knew all I really needed to know, and I knew there was a lot I didn't know. And I decided to turn in my resignation and left three months later. And it was um, by far the scariest choice I've ever made and the best choice I've ever made. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the story in a nutshell. Thank you for sharing that. You know, and I know that, um, you know, that was a short, a short version of the story. I'm sure there are people listening who really can relate to that uh, phrase you used about sort of feeling like you'd, You'd been asleep for 20 years and you know, woke up to a new way of seeing things, a new way of doing things. And it sounds like some combination of your own, the coach who worked with you, and then also the experience you had at Georgetown University's leadership coaching program gave you what you needed to really go about not only transforming your team, but actually transforming yourself and the way that you uh, bring yourself forward in the world. Is that right? That is absolutely right. You know, Kelly, one of the central questions of your own personal mission, I know, has been, um, you know, the the question you said, like, hey, how come I never learned this before? You know, how come they don't teach this stuff in school? Um, This has guided your thinking in some pretty interesting ways. Um, What didn't you learn in school that you think kids should be learning in school? (laughs) Um, You know, I don't know that I learned how to learn. Um, What I recognized of what I did learn was I learned how to memorize and I learned how to um, get the grade and know the answer and all of those things are extremely valuable and have helped me uh, in my life and at the same time I, I discovered I think at Georgetown this process of learning that includes the self um, of how I relate to things and how I show up when I don't know and how, um, how I impact myself and those around me when there's different perspectives or ideas or values that are um, in front of me. And so what I didn't learn that I think is available to all of us is how to see and how to think and how to feel for myself when I'm in an environment where people are the same as me and when people are different from me. And the word that I put around that is learning. It was really, I don't think I learned how to learn while I was in school, and thankfully I did when I went uh, went to Georgetown, and that has really been a foundation for the leadership work that we do in the world now. You know, I think there's something about the way you say that that's kind of um, interesting to, for us to grasp. You know, what, what I'm hearing you say is that you're, 
you, you know, you didn't learn how to learn, and the definition of learning has to do with not taking in knowledge and information the way that most school systems, you know, expect us to learn. You did do that, but it's actually about understanding who you are in that system and what the knowledge and information you're learning has to do with you and the rest of the world and the rest of life. It's sort of that integrative part about sort of what does this mean to me? Is that I mean, I'm saying it back to you because it's such a it's an it's such an interesting way of putting it. And I just want our listeners who might be wondering if you were just slacking off in school and not learning <laughs> to understand that you were learning in the conventional way. Um, but there was this other other way of um, experiencing your own learning process. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like for, for me, thankfully, um, the memorization part came easy, which I know for all people, it doesn't. So on paper, you know, I looked like I was learning. I got the grades and, you know, and navigated the system um, in a pretty effective way. And there was some larger, I think probably more, um, more complex, at the same time, more impactful piece, was, which was this relational piece that was missing. And I bumped up against two once I got out into the real world and, you know, was sitting at a um, conference table with 15 people discussing problems that we needed to solve at work. And what I found was that the, the answers or the, you know, the solutions were the easy part. It was actually navigating the process of, of learning and relating to each other that was the really challenging part for all of us. You know, I think what you're describing is so commonly felt, you know, it's sort of like the, we see what we need to do, you know, doing it together, doing it effectively, doing it as a team, doing it with accountability, doing it with enthusiasm. You know, these are some of the hard parts, um, especially since I, I find, at least with my coaching clients, that many people feel very um, overburdened in terms of their workload and the, the pressures that they're facing. So to to lead in a, in a climate of complexity and to do it in a positive way, never mind a transformational way, it sounds like that's where you gained some real insight that, that shifted how you, how you approach virtually everything. So I want to go to this um, moment where you were about to leave Capital One. You decided after three years of experimenting that you knew what you needed to know, and you, you, were, you said it was scary to, to go. Tell us about that. What, tell us more for the sake of those who might be poised on a similar brink. You know, what were the feelings and thoughts, and yet how did you know you needed to do this? Mm, such a great question. Um, my husband would probably tell you I was a crazy person, and <laughs> you know, I, knew, I knew it was a huge risk from all of the things um, – then, you know, I and, and society deem important, like financial and, and benefits and, um, you know, long-term planning. And, and inside of me, I knew it was a bigger risk not to do this. So there was, there was some feeling of certainty without really knowing what the heck I was actually doing, like I had never experienced before. So I really... Um, I listened to that certainty, even though I didn't have a, a full-out, you know, business plan or a full-out project plan of what exactly I was going to do the day that I left the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was extremely scared, and I think I learned that I had much more courage than I ever gave myself credit for, because of course, 
leaving the company did not happen the way I had anticipated. Um, about six weeks prior to me giving my notice, and I had, you know, we had lots of conversations, my husband and I, about what I was getting ready to do. I got promoted. You know, so here I am, um, a woman leader in a company that, that women's leadership was really starting to be, um, to be supported, being promoted into a senior position, and I'm getting ready to say I'm leaving. Um, so it really did test my, um, that certainty. And then at one point, actually, I heard this great quote from Martin Luther King that said, faith is something like, faith is taking the first step without being able to see the whole staircase. And for people who know me, I like to be able to see the whole staircase, and I realize, all right, all you need to see is the first step, so just do it. So I did. Wow. I went into the um, woman who was at the time my manager and, you know, told her that I was going to turn in my resignation, and all the support appeared. She was fabulous and opened up her Rolodex to me and said, you know, help transition the team for the next three months, and while at the same time I'll support you and getting your this dream of yours off the ground, and, you know, I would say for one of the first times in my life, I just let go and did it, and uh, thankfully I did because two months later, so I left in, I guess it was June of 2008, and in August of 2008 was when literally the bottom fell out of the economy, and mm. so I know that if I hadn't have left, the risk probably would have outweighed um, my choice, and I might have never left, so... You know, I, I just, my advice to folks out there listening that are thinking about this is to really sit and be quiet with yourself and listen to that certainty, even if you don't know how exactly um, it's going to play out. You know, I, I want to I, thank you for that advice. I think that's great advice. And, you know, we're going to take a break here in a moment. But before we do that, I, I want to just share... Um, an observation I have of your story, which is that you also, um, that feeling of certainty grew in you over a period of time. In other words, um, you, it sounds like you went to the Georgetown program, it awakened you, yet you continued on for a few years testing and trying and experiencing and achieving actually that transformational result in business and then knew what you needed to know. You sort of you sort of gave yourself a chance to use what you were thinking. So even though it was a big leap, there was also a period of incubation where you were you were uh, maintaining some security while actually being bold and experimenting and starting to open up the path for the future that you really wanted. And I will say to you that I did something similar, actually, when I was leaving um, the strategy consulting firm where I was working and uh, starting Nebo. I stayed there and continued to... Um, to set up the right conditions, actually, for the step I took. So I want people out there to hear that, too, because uh, sometimes we we perceive a huge leap where you sort of throw everything up and then plug your nose and jump and hope that you survive the landing. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be. It can be bold without being um, a complete, you know, a complete... Uh, dangerous jump. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, Kelly, I want you to tell us what you moved toward when you moved away from Capital One. We'll be right back. We're always 
experts talking business? Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back. I'm here today with Kelly Lewis of the Bounce Collective, who is sharing her story of moving from corporate America into the manifestation of a really spectacular vision she has of how to help leaders uh, be successful and effective um, using a very innovative model that she has created. So we're going to be talking about that in this next segment. Um, I would love to hear from you. If you'd like to email us uh, your questions or comments, we'd be happy to read them on air and get Kelly's response. I think she's a great uh, person to ask if you're somebody who's contemplating a big change. I'm sure she'd love to um, entertain your questions. So don't be shy about that, please. Um, Kelly, we were talking before the break about um, leaving the big job at the moment of promotion and um, moving toward this thing that you had certainty about. And I'd like to just invite you to tell us what it was you were sort of you were moving away from one thing and toward something else. What was that something else? What was your what was your vision at that time? My vision at that time was um, I had a really a deep desire to what I called at that point to empower the leader within every young person, woman, and man. And what I had experienced myself was was exactly that, that someone, um, many someones, actually had had seen the a bigger piece of me, my you know, my potential, whatever word you want to use, um, and had helped bring that forward. And what I recognized was that that, something is in all of us and I wanted to play whatever part I could in bringing that forward um, so that's that's all that I really had when I left Capital One of, of what I wanted to create and what I knew was that I'd had the opportunity to do that with women and men for you know 20 years prior um, in a different way in the last three 
And what I hadn't really yet had the opportunity to do was see what it was like to work with young people. And, uh, Kate, you know this, but the folks listening don't. I I don't have young people um, that live with me every day in my own house. And so I thought, let me go out and actually experiment with young people and see how this work impacts them. And so that's really where we started. We decided let's test this idea to bring um, the learning of the self and the exploration of the self in relationship with other and in the larger context into classrooms and see what happens. And I started asking around people that um, I knew and said, hey, when you think back to your life, what was the hardest transition as a young person? And hands down, every person I asked, including young people, said middle school. Hmm. So we found, if everybody can remember, um, those days of middle school where you're trying so hard to find out who you are and at the same time to fit in so that nobody knows that you're special or unique. And um, thankfully, we discovered a a wonderful principal who was really forward-thinking and open and said, yeah, come on in and um, work with some students. So that's really where the... um, where the vision began and, you know, has, has grown from there. You know, it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about middle school as a, a difficult transition. Just last week on our show, we had three educators um, on the show, two of whom had founded schools and which include a middle school. And so we had kind of a big conversation about that middle school transition and it's, um, heartening to know that you are out there with your your bounce program um, working with middle school kids and tell us more about it you know so your idea was to connect back through the schools with young people Um, tell us more about your model yeah so the the idea was um, you know to bring the work of leadership development into schools largely based on emotional intelligence and see what happened and Um, what happened was kids who at the very beginning of school really didn't know who each other were um, and at the same time had many stereotypes of who the other was came together um, like a family right before our eyes, and it was uh, extraordinary. And so based on that, the next year the principal said, well, we want you guys to work with the entire sixth grade so that we went from 30 young people to 300 young people in six months. And from a capacity standpoint, it was like, wow, how are we going to serve 300 people? Well, the interesting thing that happened for me personally while I was in the classroom was that those young people became one of the most effective mirrors of my leadership and of who I was being and what I was doing that was um, that was bringing out the best in them and what wasn't bringing out the best in them. And I thought to myself, well, wow, we're doing all this work over here um, separately with women and men in corporate America. What if they became the teachers of these young people and at the same time these young people became mirrors for their effectiveness or perhaps lack thereof of their leadership? So that's how the model that we call um, Leaders as Learners was born and really the philosophy of Better Together was born. So we tried that for a year, and uh, amazing things happened, and now it's kind of one of our premier programs that we do in Richmond, Virginia. And what has, what has um, I guess, transformed over time is that bounce that started as a, 
idea or program has actually become a collective. You know, it's an organization that we now bring that model to forward-thinking organizations. They could be companies or schools or nonprofits or even families um, that want to take a developmental, kind of a human development approach to leadership. And what Bounce does is we bring an environment of support and challenge, and we create meaningful experiences for leaders to develop uh, while bringing communities together. And most of that, um, most of the learning, kind of like what I was talking about earlier, that's happening is between, it's not only adult to adult, but adult to young people. And the amazing thing is it's really teaching young people how to relate to adults in a new way, and it's teaching adults how to relate to you know, this new generation that in some cases is coming into their offices and they're not really knowing how to, how to relate to them because they think they're so different. And it's helping them appreciate the uniqueness, but at the same time seeing where they're actually similar. You know, you've just said so much to us. Um, it's really, uh, you know, listening to you, I'm, I can appreciate um, that you've just distilled several years of working with these ideas into language that hopefully we're able to really take in, you know, but I want to say for those, you know, for all of us, I want to say it back to you and have you, have you confirm that, that I got it right. Um, so your vision was really that, um, you know, this idea of leaders as learners and thinking of le- learning as a, uh, as reciprocal, not just adults teach kids, but also kids can teach adults. So bring the adults, let's just say corporate leaders, into the middle school, put them in a position of mentoring and teaching young people, and give them feedback straight from the young people so that they can learn about how they show up as leaders. And that feedback, I know, having a couple of teenagers in my own house, is going to be direct and <laughs> unvarnished and real um, in ways that perhaps the, um, the corporate performance feedback you know, never totally is, you know, so getting that direct feedback about their presence and their leadership, their way of being from the kids and learning together um, and in the process creating a community together. Um, So that, this is a, to me, this is just such an exciting idea, Kelly. Do I have it right? You do have it right. Um, And I would say in addition, one of the one of the things that I recognized as a leader in corporate America was when I really wanted to embody a new um, concept, I would learn it, just like these corporate leaders get to do. They're with us in you know, their own setting, learning new um, tools and techniques and ways of seeing the world. Then they get to actually go teach it and practice it through embodiment, and then they get the feedback. So... Mm. It's it's kind of a three-step process that allows the adults to be in their own community learning and wrestling with new information. Then they get to go in a really meaningful, purposeful way that makes a huge impact. They get to go practice developing individual leadership and collective leadership in an environment that is both safe, that you know sometimes work might not feel as safe, and challenging because sometimes work might not be as challenging as you said uh, Young people will tell you pretty directly and unfiltered what they think. Um, and so it is a, yeah, that's the only other thing I would add to what you said, Kate. Yeah, you know, you, you always use those words challenge and support. You know, they go together. 
And I think that that's, um, that's a, another distinction that I want to just highlight for a moment in your, in your model and in your vision is, yes, there's challenge, really um, honest, real gritty kinds of challenge, but there's also support and safety and conditions that allow you to actually learn from the challenges and grow and, as you said, embody what you're learning and then, and then ultimately, um, you know, put it into play through the work that you do. So, I mean, I think it's just a brilliant um, concept. And what have your results been? Can you tell, give us a few um, stories? We have another minute before we take a break, but t- tell us a story about the kinds of outcomes that you see with this approach. Yeah, um, the, the, the cool thing about this approach is we provide um, a structured process and we allow the individual leaders to drive their own outcomes based on wherever they are in their development. So while everyone leaves, um, I would say, more connected to what their unique gifts are and how they want to contribute, contribute. they all leave more um, willing to speak their voice and share those gifts. They all leave with a whole set of tools um, from listening to coaching questions to, um, you know, processes to bring people together. They all apply that in their own way back at the office given where they are in their in their own leadership development journey, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so the outcomes are, yeah, the, the outcomes are more um, malleable, if you will, based on the person, while the process we put them through is quite structured. Okay, uh, yeah, I understand. So, so depending on who you are and what you're. Um, what what you need to learn, what you want to grow, how you want to grow, you might come away with something different that you've achieved for yourself than than the person who was in the same group with you. Um, they might have their own development goal that they work on and, and achieve through this process. So it's so I, I think I understand that. And when we come back from our break, Kelly, I'm I'm hoping you can tell us um, a little more, uh, you know, about the impact for kids, you know, and for the school. You know, what how how is it experienced and felt on that end? And I'm sure that um, we're going to love to hear some of those stories. So we will be right back. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you are looking for both an inside and insightful look at what you're not seeing in media coverage of today's legal, business, and policy battles, tune into In the Court of Public Opinion with host Jim Haggerty. What happens in the public arena affects us all. Whether you're following the latest high-profile court case, corporate crisis, or are just interested in government and policy, be sure to tune in every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. The witnesses are ready and the jury seated. So join us for our next session in the Court of Public Opinion. 
when it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. This is Kate Ebner. I'm here with Kelly Lewis, the founder of The Bounce Collective, who is doing some innovative work um, based in Richmond, Virginia. She's bringing leadership development paradigm to companies and communities that's actually having a dramatic impact, um, not only for corporate leaders, but also for leaders in that community. And Kelly, you know, as we come back um, from the break, I wanted to invite you to tell us more about the kids, you know. So so you uh, were sharing before. Uh, moments ago about how this model works and about these leaders who come into the community, into the middle school in particular at Moody there in Richmond and work with the 6th, um, 7th, and 8th, is it 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, correct? The 6th graders. The 6th graders, okay. Yep. And and then from that experience are able to uh, learn and grow and develop as leaders back in their leadership roles um, based on the feedback and the growth and the support and the challenge that they get. Tell us about the kids. What happens for them? Yeah, so um, the kids, a similar thing happens within the community of kids that happens within the community um, of adults, and that is they begin to see each other for more of who they are rather than who they think they are. So stereos and, you know, assumptions and labels that we put on each other begin to fade away, and they start to actually see each other more um, fully. And based on that, I think the kids feel more supported to show up in their classroom, whether it's the classroom that we do um, the program in or their English classroom or their math classroom, to contribute and contribute when they know somebody might be thinking something different than they might be thinking, but it gives them confidence um, to show up, I think, in a more impactful way. And there are, there are many stories um, that we have. We've Over the course of the time doing this, we probably have 800 handwritten stories from sixth graders around the impact that this experience has had. And I've got one here that um, I'll read to you just to give you a sense out of but from the kids' perspective in their own language. And so this is a young boy, um, and he said, During this experience, I think I have become more of a leader. When I came to Moody, I was shy, and most of my friends from fifth grade went to a different school. When I met Mrs. W. and Mrs. L., I wasn't shy anymore. I felt more relaxed and calm. Before, I felt an, empty, an emptiness in me, and now the empty is filled. I hope that this expands someday and more kids find their leader within themselves. I learned to deal with what life throws at me because they helped me realize that everything happens for a reason and I have the tools to overcome whatever I need. I also got to know my classmates better. Thank you. Mm. That's a big that's a big outcome, I think, for, for that child and I'm sure that's a representative story. You know, and this idea of um I have the tools that I need, right? I now can see that I have the tools and that everybody has a leader within, right? For a sixth grader to take that away from 
from a program like this is just uh, phenomenal, Kelly. Congratulations on that. I mean, I know I'm congratulating you broadly on <laughs> across hundreds of kids, but um, again, I think these voices really tell tell it. Um, and you know, the, the fabulous thing about this for the kids as well as the leaders is that when the leaders get these stories and they leave and they have you know a bad day at the office, they can go back and be reminded of what their leadership and just who they were that impact it had on those students. So, so they know. They have that, like, they know they can do it. And they have that confidence and they have the experience and they've said, I've done this before. I can do this again. And it's, um, it truly is transformational when you bring together young people and adults and um, create the conditions for them to learn with and from each other. Yes, and that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just so struck by the way you said that the the creating the conditions to learn with and from each other, you know, not a top-down mindset, but actually a back-and-forth, you know, a sharing kind of a mindset. So why do you call it bounce? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, so we wanted something that was representative of the outcome um, that we wanted to create in the world. And when we thought about that, we thought, okay, you know, Life has ups and downs, and um, life includes rest and action, um, and life includes young people and grown-ups. So we wanted something that was resonant with both young people and grown-ups, and we wanted something that um, described both life, up and down, you know, as well as how you could choose to feel in life if you, or not feel, how you could choose to be in life um, if you wanted to, which was vibrant and life-giving. And we were sitting around the kitchen table one day, and that word just kind of popped out. We looked at each other, we're like, I think that might be it. And then two things confirmed it for us. One was we looked it up in the dictionary, and one of the definitions, believe it or not, of bounce in a noun form is the word spirit. And we just imagined, we were like, wow, you know, people bring their minds and hopefully sometimes their hearts um, and their bodies to work in life every day. What happens if they brought a little bit more of their spirit? And so that was the first thing that said, yep, that's the name. And then the second was um, my husband got home that afternoon and I said, hey, I think we've come up with a name for, you know, the, at this time it was an idea, it wasn't even a company yet, um, Bounce. And he looked at me and in two seconds he said, well, of course it's Bounce, bringing out you and creating excellence. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my gosh, my husband has been listening to my crazy talk for the last two years. Um, and so we were like, yeah, it, of, of course it's Bounce. And then we expanded the name to the Bounce Collective as we, you know, created a collective of people that were going to come together to um, create these conditions and environments for leaders and young people to be able to develop and learn um, here in Richmond and other places. Kelly, where can people go to um, visit you online? Is there a, a website that you want people to go and check out to learn more about the Bounce Collective? Yeah, they can go to, um, we have a website that is www.wecanbounce.com. Um, and there, you know, they can learn about us. And um, what I'd really encourage people to do, we are, uh, we are people people, so we love to be able to talk with folks. There, Our number is on the site to pick up the phone and give us a call or to email us. 
um, because we love to be in relationship. Relationship is what we do. Um, So to reach out in whatever way that you're comfortable with is uh, great for us. Excellent. You know, on your website, I know that there's a video um, called Together. There was a little documentary um, that was created uh, of you actually talking about this philosophy of together. And, you know, today we called our show Better Together, and you referred to, you used that phrase earlier. That seems like it's sort of the core, the essence of your philosophy. Um, what do you mean when you say better together? Can you just say a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, you know, better together has really been inspired by our um, leadership point of view, and we um, at Bounce really believe that leadership is no longer a role or a position, that it's a collective process um, that requires something unique and special from each and every one of us. And I think what we recognized was that in the, um, really the paradox of, of leading in this century, uh, it requires all of us to have our own unique identity and at the same time be able to live and lead with people that are different from us inside of you know one classroom or one company or one world and right now we're really i think as a country we're struggling with that we seem to to often stand apart but what i believe we believe um the human condition is actually to be together and that we are better together um and sometimes we forget that. And in the, in the perhaps illusion or perhaps um, truth of difference, it can be hard to set aside what you think and really deeply listen to another and then still feel empowered to pick back up what you think and move forward. So Better Together really for us is a leadership philosophy and now a way of teaching folks how to bring forth their uniqueness, call that forward in other people while knowing that there's going to be difference. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, better together as a philosophy means, um, make, I'm making this up just listening to you, but it means even when we aren't loving each other here at the table, <laughs> we know that with, uh, amongst us, you know, together, we actually have what we need and we have the answers um, we need to find our way through this together you know so it, it sort of creates a mandate for staying in the conversation staying in the problem solving staying in the creation of solutions um, rather than rolling your eyeballs or walking away and saying you know I can't this isn't going to happen these people yeah. can't make yeah. this happen with me you know so it, it, I see it as a discipline as yeah. much as it and, is a philosophy and, you know I think the challenging part of that is it requires each of us, each of us as individuals, to have an awareness of how we interpret our own and others' behaviors and how we choose to respond. You know, do we continue to stand in our uniqueness and in our power, or do we protect against some threat? Yeah. So it requires a real discipline in our own self so that we can be at the table when we're not all loving each other to remember that we're all connected, whether we like it or not, um, and move forward with whatever it is, the task or the vision that we, that we want to create in the world. 
Well, if you have a Better Together t-shirt, I'm going to get one. (laughs) And I like this idea idea. a lot. (laughs) I know. I think it would be, I mean, I think the philosophy works for a family. It works for a community. It works for a company. You know, it's a, it's a great, it's a, it's a great way of, of putting it. Um, Kelly, you know, and we have another, you know, minute or so before we take a break, but I wonder, um, what have the past four or five years taught you about Kelly Lewis? Oh, wow. Um, huh. In a minute or less. Um, yeah, you can come back to it after the break. Okay. Too. So I think one of the biggest things that it has taught me um, is that for me, it is about who I am becoming on the way to achieving that vision, to, to achieving our vision, that I am not that vision or I am not, you know, the goals toward that vision. I forget that sometimes, and when I do, I show up really differently. Um, and so that's, that's the, uh, I'm much more serious. You know, I, I don't, I don't uh, have as much fun and I'm not as lighthearted about the work that I feel like we're doing, which is really important, especially at this point in our history and at the same time, um, I have to remember at the end of the day, it's about who I become on the way to that rather than, you know, that I am that. Thank you, Kelly. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, I want to, I want to turn back to our audience and think about what you know that would help them. So we'll be right back. My guest today is Kelly Lewis. This is Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. 
This is Kate Ebner. I'm here today with Kelly Lewis, the founder of The Bounce Collective, whose leadership model is uh, not only innovative and community building, but just profoundly impactful for the leaders and for the young people who participate. Um, Kelly and I are talking about what it's like to actually um, make your vision real, you know, to, to have an idea, to walk away from uh, sort of a, the world's definition of success in terms of a corporate career, you know, to really found something that is all about mission and making a difference. And Kelly's deep into that process. Um, Kelly, before the break, I asked you what you'd learned about Kelly Lewis, and you said, well, I've learned that it's not about achieving goals. I've really learned that it's about the person I'm becoming along the way, you know, being continually expanding is my way of thinking about that, even as I'm making this thing happen and learning from that process. And I, I wonder, you know, Kelly, um, do you ever have doubt in yourself? You know, as I listen to you, you just sound, frankly, gutsy. And um, even though you talk about having some, you know, to take a deep, deep breath and go, you just have a surety about you. Do you ever have doubt in your vision, in yourself? And if you do, how do you handle that? What do you do then? Um, that is a good question. It's a big question. Um, I would say I have experienced um, plenty of doubt in my vision, um, in our vision. And thankfully, I don't know that I've really ever experienced doubt the same way in myself. Like, I think just based on the way I grew up, like, I'd say, oh, we're going to do that. Let's go do it. Like, I'd just, I'd see something and I'd do it. Um, where the doubt has really showed up for me is is in the vision. And I think, you know, Kate, you can probably relate to this. If when you, to me, vision is about seeing something and, and seeing possibilities that sometimes other people don't see. And so when I'm sharing um, our vision or when we're talking about our vision and the world can't yet see it or I can't yet um, determine how it's going to unfold, doubt will creep in. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned along the way is that if I'm conscious and kind of willing to learn for myself, slow down a little bit, I can recognize where that doubt's coming from. And it's usually not current state you know it's usually somewhere from the past so do a little bit of self-coaching if you will um and if not what i see that i do is i get really anxious i get a lot of stuff done um sometimes mostly not necessary i come up with great tons of great ideas and then i usually get you know checked in one of three ways i'll either crash like i'm so tired i need to stop Mm -hmm. or i drive my husband crazy and he's my he's my uh sanity check Mm-hmm. Or I drive my partners crazy, and you know they're the sanity check. So, and I'm just learning, you know, that that with a vision has to come patience, and that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned is how to be patient and allow my vision, our vision, to unfold um, rather than to force it mm-hmm. uh, in a in a time frame that's mine, rather than you know a larger time frame that I don't necessarily have control over. Yeah, you're right. Um, You know, visions really do take time to manifest, and often it's in hindsight that we can see all those stepping stones that brought us to the moment of achievement that we're in, but 
along the path, you were on that stepping stone. You weren't necessarily sure it even was a stepping stone. <laughs> so I, I think that, you know, it's a great point you're making that, um, you know, having the vision um, from time to time, experiencing doubt in it, you know, but continuing forward, you know, with it and, and uh, you know, being patient with that process, so essential. Um, I'm curious, what have you learned about um, the process of, making your vision real, you know, as you think about that for the sake of those who are out there with uh, big ideas, you know, what, any advice or tips as they work on them? Mm. Um, no, I think it, it definitely takes, for me, it, it, it's taken a different level of trust um, because what I'm recognizing is I used to make a lot of assumptions that what someone else saw is what I saw or what I saw is what, you know, we all saw the same thing, and that's just silly now, actually, in hindsight. Um, we all have a unique way of seeing the world. And a vision is, is one way of seeing the world, and what I have found with our vision, the more I um, am willing to expand the way I see the world by sharing our vision with other people and allowing them to inform it and to make it better and to expand it, the better off I am and the better off we are, the better off, you know, in some cases the world is. So there was originally kind of a vision for me can almost be like a child, um, and I can relate now to what parents must feel like when they really want to protect their kids. And what I've learned is that, protecting uh, our vision is not necessarily the best for that vision. It, it needs to have its own legs and, you know, expand itself. And so with that, I've had to uh, learn as we go, you know, really allow the vision to be what it is and allow it to continuously expand and in some cases evolve and, you know, change as we go. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that, you know, this idea of um, of a shared vision and of being willing to share the vision. And I know that that tension does exist for people. It certainly does for me sometimes where you feel like, you know, no, you know, it's supposed to be like this. This, you know, this is my, my vision, you know, you feel so... Um, such ownership in a way of the vision and but when you are in a, a conversation that allows you to share it and expand it and let other people's views inform it as you said it gets better it gets juicier it gets more colorful it gets almost like some gas in its engine you know some amazing things happen when you can relax and just share it and let people be a part of it actually as you say better together right when we're together with things we have a much greater chance of actually um manifesting them making them really happen yeah relax into it is that is such a great phrase um one that i have resisted doing for many years and i'm just learning how to relax while being in motion is it's hard um and i think it's the best thing for the vision itself you know um i love that i love relax while being in motion that's the 
<laughs> that's an optimal, that's a peak state for us to get yeah. to. Um, so Kelly, and we just, we're going to end here in a, in a moment or two, but I, I want you to um, just continue to reflect for our listeners. I mean, I always notice that people look at each other and say, wow, you know, you're so impressive. We tend to be impressed by each other and often filled with doubt about ourselves. You know, so you're reminding me today that it's really okay to be striving for greatness and hitting for the fences, so to speak, even while being a human being. So any encouragement and parting words you want to give to people who are maybe feeling all too human out there and could use a little encouragement about stepping into their full light? Mm. Yeah, I would offer um, I would offer two things. One is to remember that you don't have to know it all. I think that Martin Luther King um, quote is just so powerful. It's, you know, just take the first step, um, even if you can't see the whole staircase. And that first step might be, how am I going to, you know, stay in my current job and save money and do the things I need to do while continuing to dream this vision? Um, so you don't have to know it all before you start. And it, it's not an either or. Like, it's an and both. How can you... Continue doing what you're doing and um, start making your vision real. And I think the other thing um, would be if your vision is a marriage of your own passion and your own gifts and something that the world needs, like say I do as soon as you can because it will be the best marriage ever um, would be my advice to you. Powerful words from Kelly Lewis, who's my guest today. Kelly is the founder and originator of the Bounce Collective, where she works with her partners to do some really amazing work. This is a leadership development company based in Richmond, Virginia, and you can check them out at www.wecanbounce.com. And we invite you to go there, learn more, and perhaps Kelly and her team would be a group you'd love to talk to about how they could make a difference or help you make a difference in your community or your organization. Thank you so much for joining us today. Kelly, I want to say thank you to you. It's been an honor and a privilege to have you here today. Kate, thank you. The same is true for me. I, I appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life.